Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, really appreciate it. This week, I'm interviewing Roger Williams. Now, Roger... Living an interesting, interesting life. When I caught up with him, he was uh, knee-deep in his bucket list, and that's something that uh, is his lifestyle. It's something that is a living document to him that he's almost devoted his his life to helping others achieve their bucket list and also achieving his own. Now, when you think of bucket list, people think of you know these grand things, visiting the pyramids and you know walking across the country. These huge things that you know sometimes people put things on that's almost not achievable for them because if it really they were given the opportunity, they wouldn't actually do it. So Roger, um, he's going to talk to you about what it means to actually have a bucket list and, and creating achievable goals and how bucket list items don't always have to be these huge grand things. It can be Things that are in your local town that you've just never done before. It can be, you know, experiences. It can be these small things, um, you know, that cost no money to do. And they can be these huge things that still don't cost any money, like, you know, rekindling a friendship with a lost friend or, you know, rekindling a relationship with a family member. All of these really awesome things. We're going to talk to him about the bucket list lifestyle, what's made him get into that and, and why he's devoted his life to that and, and helping others uh, with theirs. Uh, we're going to talk about the things that he's done on his bucket list. He's got some some smaller things that have been done, but he's got some really huge things too. We'll talk about what he learned from all that. Um, he's going to kind of give you tips on how to create your own bucket list. Um, I guess I'll, I'll give a give away a little bit. Uh, the huge things is everyone's bucket list is different. Yours does not have to be anything close to anybody else's. If it's something that's important to you and you want to put it on there, then it's a bucket list item. Don't let anyone pressure you into, oh, is that good enough? Is that what you're putting on your bucket list? Yeah, it is. Let, and uh, and if, as long as it's something for you, then then it's a good bucket list item. Make sure you write them down, too. We're going to get into all of this. Um, amazing conversation. I really, really appreciated Roger's time. He actually is an Indiana native as well, so we do talk a little bit about Indiana and things specifically to Indianapolis where I live. So um, we, we won't get too, too deep in the weeds there, but uh, kind of gives a, a good indication of smaller things um, that a lot of people haven't done as locals that can easily be on a bucket list. And I think you can look at that and, and see um, just exactly how that could work in, in your town as well. Uh, I, I appreciated his time. This was a fun one to edit today uh, because, of course, we're talking about some of these really, really awesome type things. Just a few days after, I just came back from a big travel journey and something that may have been my, my bucket list as well. Um, I, I've talked in this podcast, if you've listened for any length of time about when I went to Europe um, during or right before COVID and almost getting trapped and how crazy that was, I've told several guests about that. Well, there's a new thing that happened in this European trip that was pretty crazy, which involved having to leave early and a airline uh, airport strike that uh, closed down a whole airport. I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, with a guest at some point, so I won't bore you with the details now. But man, these 
these European trips are, have been amazing for me, but there seems to always be something happens. So if you see me on an airplane with you, uh, I, I guess make sure that you're not tra traveling back with me because it always seems to, to have something happen, but uh, I, I still can't wait to get back out there. It's, it was an amazing trip, and, uh, and it, like I said, uh, I'm, getting, I'm getting off uh, off on a tangent here, but with Roger, um, he's had some amazing trips as well. Uh, but uh, again, bucket lists don't have to be that. So I think you're going to enjoy this one a lot. Going to inspire you to, to create a bucket list, which I was pretty shocked talking to him about exactly when the bucket list word was created. Not what I thought at all. So here is Roger Williams. I'm here today with Roger Williams. Roger, how are you? Normally I say Mr. Williams, but I, you told me to just call you Roger. So how are you, Roger? I'm doing fine, Jackson. Thank you so much for abiding to my wishes. I uh, appreciate that. Yeah, well, thanks for agreeing to join me. If you would, just, just introduce yourself. We already know, apparently you're a, uh, a, a Hoosier, which is, means you're from Indiana. Uh, you've moved since then, but talk a little bit about uh, who Roger Williams is. Yeah, so I grew up in the Midwest like you did. Uh, in in the wonderful state of Indiana, and um, I've been serving people most of my life, uh, whether that was through youth development, um, my own personal volunteering, or uh, my teaching career. And uh, I've you know just been out there making sure other people get what they want. So so that's been a large focus of my life, and now I've kind of transitioned that. Uh, in my later years to being uh, someone that promotes a bucket list lifestyle. Yeah, I like that. You're talking about you kind of spend a lot of time making sure people get what they want. And we're going to talk a lot about you being able to finally settle into getting what you want. So I, I like that mm -hmm. a lot. And I want to kind of just talk very briefly about what your career looked like before you transitioned into this this world of, of bucket list. Um, you know, you talked about being a teacher, all this kind of stuff. What did, what did life look like before you kind of started this journey? Yeah. So about the last um, five years or so, six years, I was doing uh, youth development work in a high school where I helped uh, students that were first generation or socioeconomically challenged um, to help them get into college. So we worked on getting their grades up and helping them through the process, being first generation. They never, you know, they didn't have possibly parents or grandparents that had gone through the system to understand how it works. And so we helped them um, visit colleges and uh, put their uh, applications together, do all this kind of stuff and teach them the skills uh, that, that we were hope would help them be successful so that they could not only get into college, but, but graduate. Well, I'm a college admissions counselor, so that's a pretty, pretty powerful thing. So <laughs> amazing work. I, I like to hear that for sure. I want to kind of go into, you know, what we're going to mostly talk about, and that is kind of crossing off things on your bucket list. I know that you decided at some point to kind of walk, walk away, or at least take a step back from, from some of these other roles. And I thought it was kind of interesting the way that you that you wrote this in an email to me that you wanted to make sure that you were defined by the things that you do in the life that you live rather than just your profession. Talk a little bit about that. I think that's kind yeah, of powerful. Sure. So like most people during the lockdown, um, I spent a lot of time thinking about who I was, what I was doing, what my life meant. And you know, from being in the profession of working with young people that so many people are like, oh, you must, you know, that must be so rewarding. Like I had to hear that all the time, right? Mm 
This must be so rewarding for you. And it was. I'm not going to take anything away from the experience. I loved working with students. I have at 52, after 30 plus years of that, I have young people, used to be young people, now have families of their own and children of their own and sending them off to school and doing all those things. So it's been, it has been rewarding, but at the same time, it was work. Right. I mean, and, and sometimes hard work, hearing students' problems, hearing hearing their frustrations, trying to help them learn what it meant to be an adult, um, all those kind of things just, you know, add up. And it, and it was work, hard work. And so I was in the midst of the pandemic and you know, sitting at home and trying to do my job over Zoom like everybody else and just thinking about where did I find my self-worth? Was I really just always finding my self-worth in this thing that I did for money? And that's where most of us wind up. You know, like when we first meet each other for the first time, people say one of the questions that is most likely asked is, what do you do? What do you do? And our response is, is typically who we sell, you know, who we sell our labor to and how we sell it. And that's where, you know, typically we find our self-worth. And so at the end of 2020, uh, in the midst of the lockdown, I was uh, fortunate, unfortunate enough to have a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And that kind of moved me to, to delve deeper into that question uh, as you face mortality as it can be. And so I just, I woke up from it and decided that I, you know, to answer that question, where do I find myself worth? I said, when people ask me that question, when they say, what do you do? I'm just going to say, I cross things off my bucket list. And that's what that's why I wanted to start conversations with people. That's the way I wanted them to know me through those things that I did, not in whom and to how I sold my labor to other people. Yeah, I I love that. And I I mean I'm a big traveler myself and I, I've talked to a lot of a lot of people in the travel world and that's one of the things that just it's a very American thing to always be so consumed by what everyone does for, for work. No one else asks, what do you do for work? That just <laughs> makes you stick out like a sore thumb that, that you're American when you ask that, which of course I asked that too, but I always thought that was interesting that that is not uh, that's not a normal thing at all. Um, I do want to, I guess, kind of dive deeper into what it means to, you know, cross things off your bucket list. Everyone knows well, mostly everyone knows what a bucket list is. There's even a movie with Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman in it called, what is it? It's called The Bucket List, isn't yep. it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing about that movie is that it actually is the first known English language use of the term bucket list. Oh, is it? In the English lexicon. So the guy that wrote that movie actually started all this with that movie. Now, people probably had ideas of things they wanted to do when they retired, but actually calling it a bucket list. That was his idea. And idea. Yeah, it's very interesting. Some people call it a Mandela effect, um, uh. which is the 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 phenomenon where a bunch of people thought that Nelson Mandela died in jail in the 1990s when it actually he got out, became president of South Africa, and like it's a whole different story. But there's this collective memory. And so people have this collective memory that they knew what a bucket list was before that movie came out. And it's like, nope, you didn't. There is no instance of that term used in the English lexicon anywhere on the internet before 2007. I had no idea. Yeah, I definitely, the Mandela effect is in in full swing to me because I did not, uh, I did not know that. So yeah. So let's say people didn't see the movie and now they've just been living under a rock. Tell us what yeah. a bucket list is. Yeah. Well, the, the term comes from the, the idea of, uh, you know, trying to, at least from the movie's perspective, um, fulfill a list of things that you want to do before you kick the bucket. 
And so that's kind of where the the term comes from, or or what the, at least in the movie he kind of showed what it was. So for a lot of people, I think there's this misconception that it's something old people do, right? It's the bucket list originally was a plot device in the movie, right? <laughs> right? Um, that these two guys are old, they're both dying, they want to, they go out and they do all these grand adventures. And my take on it is a little bit different because one, I don't think that you need to do it when you're old, (laughs) that you can start, you know, creating a list of things that you want to do in life at any age and start crossing them off. There's no need to wait. Um, I think that a lot of people think because of the movie, what they did was they went on these grand adventures. They went and, you know, drove fast cars around a racetrack and went to the great you know, the great pyramids and they, they did all these large exotic trips and adventures. And the reality of that movie though, was that at the end of it, the thing that they found out was most important that they needed to do before they die was to, to um, rekindle the relationships that they had lost in their lives. Mm -hmm. And, And so that to me is a big indicator that it's not, it shouldn't be just about these grand adventures, but on these exotic locations and all these things that you see people posting on Instagram and it should be what brings you joy. What is it that if you don't do you're you might regret towards the end and don't wait to do that. So it doesn't have to be a grand adventure. It could be you saying, I want to get somebody's autograph that plays for the Colts. It could be, like I said, you know, um, healing a relationship that's gone and, and that's become bad. It could be, you know, just learning how to cook a certain kind of food, right? Or play a musical instrument. It doesn't need to be these grand adventures like folks thinks. And then I think the other issue is, is that a lot of times people think that that doing that, having this list of things I want to go do before I die, and I'm going to go do these things for myself is a selfish activity. And so what I like to say is that I don't feel like it's a selfish activity. And I don't think that you're, by crossing items off your list, you're necessarily emptying the bucket, so to speak. I think you're filling it up. I think that as you get these experiences, and and I can talk about some of mine, but as you gain these experiences, go to these places, meet new people, that your bucket's actually being filled up with joy and happiness. And when that happens, when you get to the point where you filled it up and it can't hold anymore, then it starts spilling out. And that's really what this lifestyle should be about. It should be about you you providing so much joy to yourself that you spill that over into the other people that you're around and you spread that joy through that. Yeah, I, I love that. I love all of that. And I like to hear that it doesn't have to be you know something that you do after you're retired. I myself, I have a bucket list. I've had one for a long time, crossed some off. And I also like to hear that it doesn't have to be you know these big grand things because you know i've got some really really huge things but then i've got some things that are just not not grand at all but just something that means something to me so i want to talk to to you a little bit about your bucket list obviously Mm. you you know you've lived so so much in this world and this you know this bucket list mindset talk a little bit about your bucket list maybe the things you've crossed off some of the things that still is in the works and and what does that mean to help people kind of see what a bucket list looks like at least for one person yeah so my bucket list is what i like to say a living document 
I think that's also really important for people to understand. So many times, you know, in, in our culture, it's like you send an email and people are like freak out, like, oh, I'm, that's it. It's written in stone. It's sent in an email, right? So if you take the time to actually sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and write out a bucket list, there could get that mindset in your head that, oh, I have to do all these things. And so for me, I really try to look at it as, you know, I can add things to my bucket list of things I want to do. I can complete them and cross them off, but I can also delete them from the list as well. So uh, for those that are familiar with it, Burning Man is something that I had wanted to do for a real long time. Uh, it's a big festival out in the desert. It's eight days long and you know you get sand in every single pore of your body. And so as I turning 52, 53 years old, I've recently just after having conversations with some people that have gone, have just decided, you know what? I don't, I don't want to be hot and sweaty and and dust filled, you know, everything in my car and myself and my body for eight days. And so I took it off my list, and that should be okay. Hmm. So, so I really think it should be a living document. As far as my list goes, I, I was a lot like you know, ninety five percent of the American people will say that they have a bucket list. The issue is, is that only forty of them. 40% of them have it written down somewhere and are actually doing something with it. And that was me after my heart attack. I had all these ideas of things I wanted to do. I turned 50 in 2020. So that was going to be my year. I was going to walk the Camino de Santiago and I was going to cross off all 50, visiting all 50 states. And, you know, I had all these things that I wanted to do. And then we all know what happened in 2020, <laughs> you know, beyond my heart attack, you know, the pandemic shut everything down. So like my birthday year kind of got, got destroyed. It was like a birthday balloon all filled up with stuff to do. And it just slowly like leaked out. And so for me, when I had the heart attack, I decided, okay, I'm not going to live that. I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm not going to live for an instance where something major could take away my ability, whether it be a heart attack or a pandemic to say, I'm going to, I'm going to do these things so that I don't have regrets. So they don't leave anything on the table, so to speak. And so, um, I went to all my social media accounts and changed my job to head cross off from my bucket list. No one really noticed and that's fine, but, but um, the first thing I knew I had to do was walk the Camino de Santiago. And so it's a 790 kilometer walk across Northern Spain from St. Jean-Pierre de Port, France to um, Santiago de Compostela in uh, Northern Spain. And it takes about 32 days. You walk about 18 to, to 20 miles a day. Uh, that's basically all you do is walk. And I was just, it was something I'd always wanted to do. And I'm an Aquarius. So I get like all these fancy ideas all the time of these things that I'm going to do. And some, most of the times don't complete them. And so for me, I knew I, if I was going to start this lifestyle, that I had to do something major. I had to do something that was going to take my time, my energy, my money, and, and, to, and to complete it so that I could say, I've got it done. So in 2021, in the midst of pandemic, I flew to, to Spain and, and walked across northern Spain for about 32, 33 days. Yeah, that's that's awesome for sure. I want to know something because you talk about how it doesn't have to be these grand things. Mm -hmm. What's something maybe small that you that you crossed off that meant, meant just as much to you, maybe? So uh, this is one of one of my issues, as is I always tell people, your list is your list. So it's everybody's list is going to be different and, and we can talk about that in a little bit, but uh, I last year got knuckle tattoos. 
So Ooh. that was something that was on my list for a while. It's something I want to do for a real long time. And, uh, you know, th- is that small? Uh, it didn't cost a whole lot, a couple hundred dollars. Uh, it was very painful. So there was, there was a cost there. Um, and then there's the general cost of people's judgment, um, that happens on a regular basis, but it was just something I've been tattooing my arms for, you know, 26 years and just decided that 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 was the next move. And, um, so yeah, I did that last year, uh, something doesn't cost a lot of money. I'm, I'm currently in the process of, uh, teaching myself how to play the ukulele. Um, I used to know how to play guitar a long time ago. And I wanted to be able to, as I travel and go places, be able to take a small instrument with me and be able to play. Uh, brings me some solace when I when I play instruments. And so, uh, so I've been teaching myself how to play ukulele. So a lot less expensive than tattoos or uh, 790 kilometer treks across northern Spain. But it's but it's definitely something that brings me a lot of joy. Uh, I try. I'm trying to learn mostly 70s rock songs which is pretty unique, um, uh, somewhat of a tribute to my dad. And so I'm, you know, it, it brings me joy. And I think that that's the bottom line for me. Um, does this bring you joy? Will it bring you happiness? Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I want to ask you too, this may be a, a question that you don't want to answer, or maybe you don't have one, but obviously if you put stuff on your bucket list, it's something that you, you know, want to do that you're looking forward to. So I don't think you could maybe, it, it could happen. And then you had thought, oh, this is so much more amazing than what I thought it was going to be because mm-hmm. it's already on your bucket list. But has have you done anything on your bucket list that you're like, mm, that was a little underwhelming. That was not uh, that's not what I thought it was going to be. Well, I think the general answer to that is no. And, and I'll give you an example. The Camino that I did the long trip across Spain there people fall in love with that trip right i know i know people that have done it over 20 times in their life i know people that when they get to that last plaza with the with the cathedral there in santiago in this huge you know hundreds and thousands of years old building that you know just sticks out like a sore thumb um and stand in front of that church that they get inspired that they just want to do it again and for me i didn't have that feeling so i it's not because I didn't have a great trip. I had the one of the best trips of my life. It was absolutely fantastic and stories for, for days just on the Camino uh, and about it. But for me, that feeling was what's next. I looked up at those spires on that church and said, okay, I did this. What's next? Uh, and I think I can say no, that I've never been disappointed because one of my, one of my big calls to people is to set an intention for their bucket list is that it's not, a list of keeping up with the Joneses or um, I don't have um, balloon ride over Cappadocia, Turkey, which I see pictures on all the time (laughs) tagged with, with bucket list on Instagram. I don't have that on my list. I don't, because it doesn't match my intention. Mm -hmm. So the, so the intention of my bucket list is, is community. And so I want to, for whatever I put on there, whatever I, decide that I want to put on my list, it is somewhat centered around the act of either uh, furthering community that I already have with people or building new community. And so it's very rare that anything on my bucket list would be a, a disappointment because, you know, again, either I, either I don't want to do it and I figure I don't want to do it and I take it off or it's built around my intention and my purpose for the list. And so, so I take those things very seriously. 
Yeah. And you, I mean, we talked at the beginning about, you know, you moving on from kind of what you were doing in the past. So is this what you're doing kind of full time? Because the next question people are going to wonder is, you know, nobody's bucket list is to go down to the, you know, the local grocery store. It's all going to be things that are at least a mm-hmm. little bit bigger than that. So a lot of people can't just leave their, their work. They need money. So I'm just wondering on your end, if you've done that, like, I, I mean, what are you, what are you doing to be able to pay for all this? I mean, that's a, that's kind of a natural question. It's an awkward question, but it's a natural one. That people are going to, I think it's important to answer because people will just discount this whole interview sure. if, by, by not knowing some of that. Sure. Sure. And, and I'm currently right now working on a couple of articles just around this topic of how do you recession proof your bucket list? Right, right. I mean, it's, we're, we're hearing all these economists and all these economic indicators that sometime in the next year and a half, we're probably going to see a recession, which means people won't have jobs, which pe- means people might have to dig into their retirement fund to pay for groceries and to pay for rent. And I totally get that. And so a lot of times m- my goal is to help people understand that if it's if it doesn't have to be those those big grand adventures and locales, what is it then? Right. So it's a matter of saying, okay, I, I can think about it from a mindset where it doesn't have to cost me a lot of money. So one of the things that I suggest to people is, is create a bucket list that's local, right? What is it, what is it locally, you know, for you? Have you ever been to the Children's Museum in Indianapolis? Oh, yeah. Okay. But, if, <laughs> but there's maybe people in Indianapolis that have never done that. And that's a fantastic, wonderful day to spend. It is absolutely the best children's museum in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you live in Indianapolis and you don't go see that, there's something wrong with you. I don't care how old you are. You're going to find something that you can enjoy. It's just because it's called a children's museum doesn't mean <laughs> that you're not going to be interested or that there's not going to be cool things to see and, and interesting things to learn. But going there. And and so I think there's that of just like creating a local bucket list of what are some of the things, you know, we, we talked before we went on the air about a restaurant in Indianapolis that we both share a liking to, you know, if, mm-hmm. if people in Indianapolis haven't been to Yats, uh, the restaurant, they're missing out something absolutely amazing. Just, to me, just as amazing as, you know, having pizza next to the Coliseum in Rome. It, it is absolutely something that you should do. If you're in Indianapolis, you need to go eat it. Yeah. So creating that local list of things that you might've heard people talking about or seen things on the local news or whatever, that's an easy way and a cheap way. It doesn't have to be all these, you know, I have to fly halfway around the world to make it happen. I think also, you know, on Iowa talked about learning the ukulele. Well, that's a skill. Yes. Did I have to buy a ukulele? I think it was about 60 bucks. But I don't take lessons anywhere. I teach myself, sort of, because for me, anything that you want to do skill-wise is on the internet. You can learn anything you want for free on the internet. You and I podcast. I learned everything I I learned on how to create a podcast, manage a podcast on the internet for free. Mm -hmm. Same thing I'm doing with ukulele. It's a skill I'm developing. There's tab, you know, tablature websites I can go to type in any song and get the chords for whatever song I want to learn, get the, get this, the um, rhythm and the strokes and all that kind of stuff. I can teach myself how to play that without having to spend a lot of money. And so it's, it's what is that intention that you have for your list, creating that list and saying, okay, it doesn't have to be all these massive 
grand things. Um, so, so yeah, I think there's lots of ways that you can, in, and even travel too, right? Um, just because we're going to have a recession and you don't have a lot of money doesn't mean that you can't travel to really nice places. I think we have this mindset in American culture that if you're going to go to Europe or you're going to go to um, Southeast Asia or someplace like that, that you have to visit all the places, right? And I put that in air quotes because it's like you have to, you have, if you're going to Italy, you have to go to Rome and you have to go to Milano and you have to, you know, to go to, to these places that everybody else goes to. Well, those places are highly trafficked and they're also very, which makes them very expensive mm-hmm. to go to. So how do you look at going to a place like Italy and saying, okay, maybe I'll spend one day in Rome, see all the sites and then go someplace else, go where, Go where the Italians go for vacation. Like most Italians don't go to Milan or Rome for vacation. They go other places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so figuring out what those other places are because they're cheaper, because the Italians know if you go to Rome, it's going to be expensive for you because, because of the amount of dollars it takes. So they go to other places. They go to Pigliano. They go to Trieste. They go to Matera. They go, they go to all these other places in Italy that are much cheaper, have just as much culture inside them, <laughs> and are close to those other places. Like I spent um, a month in Trieste, Italy last uh, spring, and I got to go to Milan and uh, a few other places um that we're real close by by train you know we don't we don't think about travel as much when we go places but the train systems in europe are absolutely phenomenal and you can get to places for super cheap i went from triste italy to to milan it was like a three and a half hour ride four hour ride and it was like 32 bucks round trip right Mm -hmm. so so it's so it's thinking outside the box of what of the checklist that everybody else has for you when you travel to make it cheaper of going in to value destinations. You can look at, you know, the difference between going on a trip during the on season and the off season, right? You can make those things cheaper that way as far as saying, okay, well, if I'm going Southeast Asia, I may go in the rainy season or at the edge of the rainy season. And I may have a couple hours of rain each day or, you know, but, but it's still going to be beautiful. It's going to be dried after an hour after it rains because the sun's so bright. And, you know, you just have to rethink how you're looking at it and deciding, do I need to spend all this money to have the same experience or can I get the same experience without having to spend all that money? Yeah, no, I, I agree 100% on that area. I'm all about, you know, finding, finding cheaper ways to get different places. And, you know, I've talked to tons of people about that. It's just, that's a barrier to a lot of people just thinking that Mm -hmm. everything's so expensive and it doesn't have to be. Um, You know, I've just in this, in 2023, I've got two different trips booked to Europe, both of the airfares, less than $500 round trip. I feel like people just don't put in a ton of time on making sure they can find the cheapest route. Just like you said, go, go during rainy seasons, go just a little earlier than you expected, you know, in, in March or in April, or maybe, you know, maybe not the, the biggest thing that costs people money is they're so set on a certain date. If you just right. go just a few days around that, you're, you can, uh, you can lower things a lot, but I, I, I like all of that. I really do. And I want to kind of go back to the, uh, I guess the local things, because we are, you know, we both share uh, a love for Indianapolis or at least a, a, a knowledge of Indianapolis. I don't know if I'll say love on your end, but a, a knowledge because, you know, you talked about how, 
you know, Yats is a place that everyone should try. And that just kind of shows too that things don't have to be super expensive because Yats is not super expensive, but, but people don't think of that as something that could be a, a bucket list item because anytime I talk to people on these podcasts that know Indianapolis, guess what? They're not mentioning Yats. You, <laughs> I, be, I bet you can guess what restaurant they're asking me if I've ever been to. Um, the one downtown, the uh, steakhouse. Yeah, St. Elmo. That's Famous, what everyone yeah. wants. So the difference literally is, you know, Yats is going to cost you 10 bucks to go to, and St. Elmo is going to cost you $150 to go to. So it doesn't have to be these luxury, mm-hmm. you know, crazy things to to cross off a bucket list. So I, I really like that. I'm going to challenge you to you. You didn't think I would have went to the Children's Museum, but the thing that <laughs> I I find a lot of people haven't done that live here that I take a lot of people to do right now. It's under construction, but have you ever went up all the stairs and went on the top of the soldiers and sailors? Oh, monument? oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of people have not done. Oh, that. I know. I Tons know. Tons of people have not done that. Yeah. It's a hike though for, for people in Indiana. That's a, that's a, that's a high elevation change. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like 250 stairs, but they do have a, a, uh, an elevator too. So there's no reason not to, but that's a, that's a huge thing that I, uh, I always tell people to do for sure. So, yeah, I like that you've done it. And I think that I think that too, you can look at that as far as your travel too, right? So last year I, I spent some time in London. And when I told people I was going, everybody had their lists, right? Of things that I should do when I'm in London. And for me, first and foremost, because I'm communal, it was spend time with friends. Yeah, I have a I have a best friend that his sister is an expat and lives there and I hadn't seen her in 15 years and so I wanted to see her. I had a friend from the Camino that uh, I had met 6 8 months earlier that I wanted to spend time with and we got to spend a couple of days together. But beyond that, people have this idea of oh well you have to go to the National Museum and you have to go to Westminster and you have to go by the palace and you know you know what I did for a whole day Jackson. What? I I visited Filming locations for Ted Lasso. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome, though. Because I love the show, uh-huh. right? And so, and I knew they filmed there. And I, uh, when I got to the to the the practice field um, where they film a lot of the stuff, and uh, and I was able to get <laughs> next to the field, uh, I had the I took a selfie, and it was my face hurt because my smile was so big because it meant something to me, right? Mm-hmm. It was important. It was valuable to me. I could have gone to the, the national museum, but that didn't, it doesn't mean much to me. It's a bunch of old stuff that some white people stole for some Brown people. And I'm not really interested in that. So it's, you know, it's like, I'd much rather go see, you know, where Ted Lasso's filmed. I'd love to, you know, I had, I had lunch at the pub and I, that they are always in and I, you know, walked around Richmond and, you know, it was, it was just, it was one of the best days of that three month trip, you know, that I did stuff that I wanted to do the day before that I spent a whole day just going around, um, searching for old punk rock sites, places in punk rock history throughout London. Um, I went to Joe Strummer's flat and, you know, went to some of the pubs where they were legendary bands, you know, played music and I went to some of the old record stores and, you know, I mean, that was, that was so much more fun for me because it meant something to me. I'm a punk rock fan. So, so going there and seeing those things is what matters. And again, it goes back to, you know, what's the intention for your list? It's your list. It doesn't have to be everybody else's. I, I was told you I was in Italy for a couple of months and 
somebody actually said to me, well, if you're going to Italy, you got to make sure you eat gelato. And it was, <laughs> that's like the last thing on my list. Cause, cause I knew that I walked by a gelato store every 10 feet, you know, that was not something that I needed to worry about. Right. Or put a lot of research in that was going to happen every other day, <laughs> my trip uh, eating gelato. Cause it's so good. So it, we got to remember that everybody else might have their list of things that they want you to do, but what's important and valuable to you. What's going to, what's going to put that smile on your face and bring you joy because when it all comes, down to it jackson is we're the only ones responsible for our own joy we can't rely on anybody else to do that for us and and it goes back to that is it is it a selfish thing kind of you know but but would putting on the mask in the airplane if it was going down and it flopped down in front of you first before you tried to put it on a child or an elderly person be considered selfish right and but that's where we live we live in this space where we got to take care of ourselves because if we don't, if we don't bring ourselves joy, we can't bring it. We can't help other people find it. We can't help spread it. We can't help um, encourage it in others. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love it. And I, I think we've kind of naturally answered some of these questions, but I want to make sure we've covered them to, uh, I guess, the best extent, the misconceptions of, of these lists. I, have we covered it where it's really just, it doesn't have to be these grand things that you have to make sure it's your list and you're not basically just trying to do Instagram's list. Uh, what, uh, is there other misconceptions that we're not, I'm not thinking of here. Yeah. I mean, I think just like we said, it's, it's not a selfish activity um, that that's important uh, to remember that, it, that it's actually, if you bring yourself joy and you're happy that you'll be a happier person to other people. I think that's important. Um, you know, the misconception of waiting until you're older, Mm. Um, it's very interesting to me that, you know, it's millennials and, and Gen Z's that are the ones that are using the hashtag bucket list everywhere on, you know, they're out there doing it. And because, you know, we, we've grown past this work till you, your fingers bleed and you get a gold watch and you, you know, you have three or four years to try to cram everything else in, mm-hmm. um, that, that you should be looking at your life no matter what stage you're in of it that, you know, I'm going to make the most of it. We all have 168 hours a week. I think it is. Um, that doesn't change for anybody. Everybody's got the same amount. Yeah. You know, if, if you work 40, 45, if you sleep 40, 45, if you're lucky, you know, you still have another 80 hours, you know, up to 80 hours a week that you have that are yours, mm-hmm. right? That 70, 80 hours that you get to decide what there is. Sure. You have family obligations and just general life, but there's, there's time. You have time now, regardless of your situation, whether it's learning how to play ukulele or figuring out how to use that job to, to save money so that you can um, go to Europe for a couple of weeks. It's, it's up to you. You get to decide what that time is. So much, so often, I think, especially before the pandemic, you know, corporations and institutions were talking about, you know, uh, work-life balance. We want you to have work-life balance. And, and the reality is they don't, it's a lie. And we know it's a lie because once people start saying, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll have work-life balance and set some boundaries. What did corporation institutions start calling those people start calling them quiet quitters, right? You're, you're quiet quitting on us because you're not breaking your neck to, to, you know, putting in extra hours and answering my texts, once you're home and doing all those things, if we have boundaries, 
with our work life, you can come up with hours to do the other stuff and to bring yourself joy. And really, I, mean, I hope more people understand that that's, those are the things that you should be known for, not, not in how you push paper and, and press keys. No, I, I, I love all that. I think that's all really important when it comes to just knowing that you have those hours in a day. That's, I mean, that's a huge part of my, uh, you know, my role. I, I, I teach a class on time management and it is that 80 hours that you have outside of all of this. Um, people always don't think they have enough time, but it's just that they've filled it with so much other crazy things that they, if they really sit down and, and look at it, they've got time. And I always like to give them, you know, people the example, if I told you right now, I need you to find eight hours next week to devote to such and such. Everyone's like, I don't have time. I'm not going to be able to find eight hours. Are you crazy? But then, you know, you're, water heater explodes in the basement and it floods your basement and it takes eight hours to get it fixed. Guess what? Somehow you've magically found those eight hours. <laughs> so you really can find it if you make things a priority. And sometimes yeah. a priority needs to be, you know, taking time for yourself. I think that's exactly that's huge for sure. And yeah, I also, exactly. I also like to, that people aren't waiting until they're, you know, old and retired to do all these things. I, I saw a, a meme a long time ago that really resonated with me. And it, you know, the top just said, you know, don't wait until you're no longer enjoying things to do it. And it was a picture of, you know, a very old couple in Italy on a gondola and both just fast asleep. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's important to, uh, you know, to, to do things. I mean, it, it, as bad as it sounds, it's important to do things when you can physically still do them and enjoy them. Yeah. It makes no sense to sure. until you've got to, you know, do it on oh. a, a scooter. So when, when I got out of my surgery for my heart attack, I, I, that's all I can think about was, am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to go to Spain and, and walk these 790 kilometers? Can I do that? It was the first thing after the doctor explained everything to me that I asked him, can I still do this? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why, again, why it was so important. I, I just, I knew that I had to do that in my lifetime. And so, you know, realizing that I almost didn't have that chance um, made it much more important to go out and get it done. Yeah, absolutely. So we've, we've talked, we've inspired people to create these bucket lists or at least to brush them off or simply put them down on paper. So tell us to those who, who want to make sure they have a, a better bucket list, something that's maybe more achievable or simply just, uh, you know, a, a better one to work from. What's some advice you have for people um, to, to create these lists? Yeah. So again, it starts with that intention, right? If you know what your intention is, if you know your why, then creating lists is a lot easier, right? And so I have a book out called Live Out Your List. And in it, I have like 11 or 12 different prompts, questions to ask yourself. And so we can go back to the Camino. What's something you've always wanted to do? What is that? What is that one thing that you've in, in your life that you've always? I'd, I'd like to do that. I'd like to do that. I don't know. It could be. It could be, you know, taking a, a lap around the Indianapolis 500 in, in a car. You know, I think they have double cars there where you can, you know, get to some high speed. Maybe it's that. Maybe she's lived, you know, in Speedway, Indiana, your whole life and have never got, you know, in, into a car like that and driven at those fast speeds. Whatever it is that you've always wanted to do, right? That's where to start, right? The other thing that I talk about in my book is, is what are you into, right? So for me, 
and this might be a little odd, but I'm into professional wrestling. I, I really enjoy professional wrestling. My dad is a professional wrestling fan. My son is a professional wrestling fan. It's something that we bond, the three of us, even, even my grandfather bonded over um, during our time together. And so, so professional wrestling is like something I am passionate about. So one of the things on my bucket list to do is to go to Mexico City and go to Arena Mexical and watch a triple A wrestling show. Like, like I just, that, I think that would be just a ton of fun to go down there and be with those fans and their space and getting to experience the same thing I love, but, but in a different way, uh, definitely. Um, you know, uh, and the same with, um, oh, I forget the, the arena in is it Sumo Hall, Sumo Hall in Tokyo, same way. Would love to go to a New Japan wrestling show there, and because their fans are completely different than we are as fans, they basically just sit on their hands and don't make any noise, which I think is just fascinating uh, for for an entertainment that that almost begs for people to cheer. Um, I would love to just go experience that, and and so th- those things were easy for me, and I would like to do them with my son. So there's the communal part. So, and being in the audience is the communal part. So it's very easy for me to put that list together when I look at it from what am I already into? What do I want to do? Um, and uh, another thing is what have you always wanted to buy? I'm not a very, I'm not a very uh, money thing driven person, but I have collected comic books basically my whole entire life. And there's a comic book that I want to buy. It's $25,000. One day I'm going to get it. And, you know, that may not be your cup of tea, not just comic books, but buying things, right? But you need to challenge yourself, like I did, to say, okay, is there something I want to buy? Yeah, I've always wanted that issue of that book. Um, and challenge yourself. And there's, like I said, there's like 11 prompts in the book to challenge you. If it's not something you're totally into or the, the prompt doesn't speak to you, that's okay. I mean, you can move on. You can do something else. Um, but but challenge yourself you know, constantly and find those resources where you can say, okay, how do I create this list? And then obviously, most likely your next question is how, how do you cross things off, right? And that's the, the next chapter in the book is, is about managing your list. And it's all about, it goes to all about your priorities. For me, I had to do something when I took on this lifestyle that was big and huge and audacious and say, because I needed to show myself, not anybody else. I need to show myself that I could complete something this big um, because now the, the small things are easy, you know, picking up a ukulele. That's like, okay. I'll, I'll do that. I can do that. If I can walk across Spain for 32 days uh, with perfect strangers and, and not knowing really where I'm going, I can pick up a ukulele and do this. That's something I had to do. So, so there's a chapter in the book about managing um, your bucket list and it, and it gives multiple ways. It shows that, you know, you can do things really quick. Like you might want to, you know, raid your retirement fund to go take a trip. That's really important to you. Or you might want to save for a while. Like I did for the Camino. I saved my days off. I saved, you know, I knew what my budget needed to be. And I, each month I divided that budget by, by the number of months I had before my trip and I saved that amount each month. And when I got to a certain amount, like being able to buy the plane ticket, I bought the plane ticket. When I got to a certain amount where I could afford to make some of the reservations for hotels, I did that. And, and so I got it. I spent the money before I actually used it um, so, so that I could budget it a little bit better and know that once I got to, to that date where I was getting on the plane to fly to France to start the trip, that 
all I needed was my daily money, <laughs> you know, available to to spend through my daily. And it was like twenty or thirty dollars a day. It wasn't a whole lot, but it, you know. It, so there's different ways to manage that list as well. Yeah, I I think that's all really important. I want you to tell us here in a moment how we can find that book. But the one thing I kind of want to point out, um, I'm all about you know, kind of just breaking down these barriers that people are having maybe in their mind as they're listening. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, you know, about community. Of course, of course, if you have somebody to, to bring with you on these things, it's amazing to share these journeys with people, but don't let that be a, a hindrance either, because, you know, I've taken plenty of tr- solo trips on my own and community finds you where you are too. Sure. If, if you want to, you know, actually talk to locals more, on a solo trip where you're not, you know, so consumed with the person you're with, you know, you're not sitting across from somebody at dinner. I've been invited to so many amazing opportunities, amazing dinners with locals, you know, amazing other opportunities just simply because I was on my own. So community will find you. So don't let that stop you either. Yeah. And again, the community is my bucket. You know, that's, that's the intention of my bucket list but that's for still, somebody. I think that would, that's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying community is not important because yeah. that's finding no, community no. there too. Sure. But, but the finding that intention is your intention, right? right? So your intention might be, I need to have things on my bucket list that build my confidence, right? Mm. That, that I have low confidence. So, so that's what I'm going to make sure that means I'm going to jump out of planes. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do things that, that, that bring me confidence. It might be I'm stuck in my bubble, right? I'm stuck in my Midwest bubble and I need to have broader cultural, you know, understanding. So I'm going to do things either locally or internationally that are culture driven, right? So that I learn more about other people. The intention could be whatever you set it up to be. Mine just happens to be, you know, definitely driven on community, but I would encourage anyone that it's just, you know, what, what is, what is your intention? Because that individual intention, whatever you come up with is what's going to drive the list, you know, creating it and making it so that it's yours. Um, and I was going to respond to that with something else too. Oh shoot. You're just, you're, you're making me think Jackson. That's, that's a, that's a rarity. So I appreciate well, that. I will take that as a compliment. You've made me think too, just because I, I failed to ask you earlier about the, the smaller thing on your list, those knuckles, you know, you've only got what eight. So you've got to choose wisely. I, I've seen them a little bit. What does it say? Do no harm. That's important. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was important for me. You know, when you think of knuckle tattoos, you you tend to think of something. Excuse my language, badass um, that somebody would put on there. And so I wanted it, I wanted it to be ba, but I also wanted it to be namaste at the same time. So yeah. so um, so yeah. Do no harm is a philosophy that I have. Uh, try to adhere by as, as often as I can. Yeah. Try to remind myself, do no harm, either verbally, physically, or whatever. So uh, emotionally. So I, I try to make sure that I live by that. I love it. I love it. And I want you to tell us now about how we can find your your podcast. Uh, what's it? Cross. What What is the podcast? I wrote it down, but I don't yeah, think I wrote it right. It's called the Crossing It Off podcast. It's a weekly show. It's about to go to two times a week uh, at the beginning of the year. And I just interview one guest about one item that they've crossed off their list. Um, so it, and it ranges, just like we talked about, it ranges from anywhere from people trying to get Arnold Schwarzenegger's autograph to to somebody you know reconciling with their dying mother to people traveling all places all over the world um, and so it's just a variety of 
uh, different stories from people that have crossed items off their list to hopefully inspire other people to do this, to do similar things. Um, and you can find that just about anywhere you listen to podcasts or you can go to the crossing it off podcast.com and, and uh, listen to it on the front page. I love it. I think that's awesome. So what's the future hold for you? Are you, is this cause you, you described at least in the beginning as kind of a gap year. So is this something that is going to be your lifestyle going forward? Is it something that you are just kind of taking that gap time and then going back to, you know, normal, huge, air, <laughs> huge air quotes or, or what's it look like in the future? Yeah. So um, I have the podcasts and I, and I love podcasting. I'm actually uh, in negotiation talks with about with uh, putting on probably another three producing another three podcasts um, mm-hmm. not on the same topic but but I've just I just enjoy doing it I love doing it and um, and so it's it's been a lot of fun for me my my shows listened to in 69 countries around the world so I'm you know I get I get excited and jazzed every week to put those stories out um, and I would invite you since you have a list and you cross things off we can talk about you coming on the show that'd be awesome because um, I have a lot of people that it's just normal people right and i enjoy talking to them and, and having them share their stories uh, i wrote a book called live out your list that i just published a couple months ago um that came out of the podcast and, and the stuff that i've done on my own as far as bucket list and then um, i'm starting to mentor other people uh, in the process uh, of living a bucket list lifestyle and so all that can be all those resources can be found on the webpage. i am to be fully uh Honest, I, I do substitute teach two or three days a week uh, mm-hmm. to, to supplement my income, but mm-hmm. the goal the goal is to eventually just be doing um, just doing this, you know, promoting a bucket list lifestyle to folks, and eventually not have to to uh, uh, teach every two or three days. So, but but I'm having fun. I'm having a lot of fun, and I continue to cross things off my list as often as I can, and often as, and uh, with as much joy as I possibly can. So this upcoming year, I've got a couple of smaller trips planned. Um, so I'm going to Memphis, Tennessee, with two friends from junior high that I've known for about 38 years, and we're going to go the, to the World Championship Barbecue uh, competition in Memphis together. Mm. That's something that's been on my list to do, and I want to do it with them. Um, I have two more states on my list that I need to get. I need to get that accomplished. I have Alaska, North Dakota, so I'm I'm gonna try to make those trips happen this year too. So some of those things, and just keep on learning how to play the ukulele as as much as I can, and and just producing content that that can inspire people is, is a big deal for me. I love it. I love it. And I want you to tell us one last time. Everyone's inspired by this. They want to make sure they're following along with you. Where are they going for all that? They're going to crossingitoffpodcast.com. Very good. Well, I really appreciate your time. Oh, Jackson, thank you so much for having me. And uh, maybe next time I get back to India, we can get some yats. Absolutely. So that was Roger Williams. Amazing, amazing conversation. It inspired me with my bucket list. I've had one, just like I told him, for a long time, written in the notes on my phone. But I, I think a lot of people you know, say they have a bucket list, just like he talked about, but they don't have it written down. So if you do nothing else after listening to this, write down your bucket list. I'm sure you've got things traveling around in your mind, ping-ponging back and forth that you're like, I've always wanted to do this. But I think writing it down, if you haven't already, is going to help inspire you to, to make it happen. So do that. If you're interested in hearing more from, from Roger, go check out his podcast. I will put the link to that in the show notes. 
give him the same amount of love that you give this podcast. Uh, I think that you're going to enjoy listening to that. I've checked out a few episodes and, and just hearing him talk to others about their bucket list items and how they achieved it. It's, it's a pretty cool thing. So go check that out. If this is your first time listening to this podcast uh, or you haven't already and you're a longtime listener, go follow us on Instagram, Not Enough Podcast. Go check out jacksonf.com, Not Enough with Jackson F on Facebook. Leave that five-star review on Apple and on Spotify. Leave a written review on Apple. Really appreciate anything that you do. But uh, most importantly, join me next week because there's a lot of amazing guests coming up and a lot of amazing guests in the past, you know, over 100. So uh, go check those out too. But uh, yeah, awesome, awesome conversation today. Look forward to seeing you next time. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.